Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's coming off for sugar high. <laughs> She's Ashley Pickle. I don't like sweets. There's no sugar high. I guess that's true. I had a- All the more reason for you to like Thanksgiving over Halloween. Oh, absolutely. And I'm big sides person. Like yeah. the the regular starch entree, person. like okay, but like sides. Big into starches. Oh yeah, big starch girl. Happy happy uh, happy Thanksgiving season to everyone who who observed. Do you it have your turkey able- ordered? No, that is on my list of things to do this week. Oh. I have a ton on my list of things to do this week. Okay, that should be one of them. moved up to number one. Today, yeah, maybe. Today is Monday, November 1st, 2021. Happy Thanksgiving season. 24 days till Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving season. Happy birthday to Matt Jones. Matt Jones is the actor who portrayed Badger in Breaking Bad. Badger, Badger, Badger. Happy birthday, Badger. Badger was fun. <laughs> For a drug addict. Um... <laughs> episode 1272 all right we got a big show today we got monday morning fallout then we're going to talk we're going to over overreact football weekend then we're going to talk with a coach who's got everybody in the state talking oh yeah head coach of those prosper eagles coach brandon schmidt will join us brandon schmidt of course his eagles uh knocked off the mighty allen eagles ending their 72 game district winning streak we will talk with prosper coach Brandon Schmidt coming up here. We'll unveil the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings. And then back half of the show, very, very last segment. Normally we end it there. But uh, there was some news yesterday, a bit of a news dump, actually. Yeah. Uh, the witching hour was out in full force in college football. We will talk about something that hasn't happened in 20 years. Yeah. 20 plus years. And that is a coaching search in Fort Worth as Gary Patterson has been fired there at, or has, has stepped down. I don't know what the exact phrasing is. Uh, they out. mutually agreed mutually to part agreed. ways. Uh, so he's out. And we will talk about that and all that that implies coming up here uh, in a bit. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It's a big one. Uh, Rob Hadaway, Sean Burnett, Trisha Pickle, and Miss Terry Adams. Wow. Welcome in, fella and lady fellas. There's two of them. Wow, plural lady fellas. How about that? Wow, impressive. Impressive. 
Pickle. Hit the air raid sign. Time for money more. Money morning follow-up. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend. And there is plenty to overreact to this week. A lot. Start with our three big thoughts. Thought number one, scary shakeups. Do you get it spooky? Ooh. Aaron was doing that. The whole, oh, so many ghost puns. It's terrible. Heck yeah. So week 10 of the Texas high school football season has come and gone, and it felt like they wanted to throw us for one last loop before we got into the playoffs. Because there were some, uh, there were some up, there were some some major some major shakeups. Oh yeah. Now obviously the the one that a lot of people are talking about is is Prosper beating Allen, mm-hmm. which kind of came out of left field. I'll be honest, that was a game that was kind of on our radar, but on like the periphery. Because, we thought that was going to happen last year. Because pro- yeah, thought about. exactly. But and we'll talk with we'll talk with Brandon Schmidt coming up here in a moment. But that's a game where they have been close, but no cigar. Um. There were other ones that went about how we thought North Shore beating a task, Cedar 31-21, I thought was an impressive win. But where you saw a lot of chaos, I think, was in 5A with a couple of them. One of them, which which, which may have flown under your radar because it was a Thursday night affair, McKinney North beats beats Longview 37-35, which drops Longview to 6-3 and on the year. Um, that's relatively shocking and may, in fact, give us a little bit more clarity on what the Region 2 and 5A Division 1 is going to look like. Same thing goes with what happened in the Coastal Bend. Um, Corpus Christi Flower Bluff not just beats Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Yeah. They beat them 39-7. to It's previously unbeaten Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. And I can't help but wonder now, all right, in 5A Division One, who's going to come out of that right side of the bracket? Mm-hmm. Because the other thing we saw was Manville beating Katie Pato. Yeah. Right? 33-28. And we had kind of really bought in on Pato at that we point. We had. We, yeah. And so now... Is there a favorite on that right side of the bracket, I don't right? Think so. I think all of, all of these teams at least have shown flaws. And it is a bizarre situation there on that right side of the bracket. The same thing kind of goes, <clears throat> I would say, on the 3A Division One side. Uh, this might have, again, another thing that might have flown under people's radar, Edna beat Vanderbilt Industrial. Mm-hmm. And that really shakes up Region 4. And Columbus beat Hallettsville, which is that whole district is nuts. Walk and so, the line of Yellow Jackets. And so that one's crazy. And then what do you make of West beating Grandview? Mm-hmm. Now, now West was a team we thought was pretty good. Obviously, they were 8-0 entering the, entering the game. But a gritty, gutty win for the Trojans to beat Grandview. Mm-hmm. What does that do to 3A Division 1 and especially there on that uh, in that region too? That's something that that certainly is going to be very very interesting to keep an eye on going forward. And then as if that weren't enough, uh Canadian loses to Tulia. Yeah, breaking that streak too. Um breaking that long district well, winning streak. They hadn't lost a district all the game since 2012. Mm-hmm. Tulia beats them and again not just beats them 30 40 54 35 like resoundingly. Now from what I understand Canadians dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Mm-hmm. But you, you play the game there in front of you and by the way Canadian better get right. They get Childress coming up this week. Yeah, that's never an easy one. Yeah. It is rather a rather remarkably kind of strange week of of games uh, a spooky group of uh, of results. Ooh. Thought number 2, at last clarity. We're not going to talk this is where we talk college football. We're not going to talk about the coaching changes. We're going to do save that for a segment uh, at the end of the show. So if you're here for Gary Patterson talk, we'll you be can there. Just wait. <laughs> I think that now, 9 weeks into the t- Texas college football season, I think we have a little bit of clarity on some things. I think it's fair to say that Houston's really good. Yes. They played the game of the year. Mm-hmm. against SMU. That's the game of the year. We, we can all stop trying. 
That's the game of the year. Yes. That's better than every game that's been played. That Houston and SMU was the game of the year. Um, I think it's pretty clear that Houston's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty darn clear that Baylor's pretty darn good. Yep. No kidding. Um, a great win, a gutty comeback win over Texas. Um, and they are 7-1 and one and, and looking like a team. Now, they've still got Oklahoma on the horizon, and that's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. But a 10-win season is certainly not out of the realm of possibility. And certainly in a position... Um, you know, in a position, depending on if Oklahoma State drops another game, to potentially play for a Big 12 title. I also think we now know that Texas State has hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. What they their loss to Louisiana, I thought, was 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 resounding and disappointing. Yes, you. Could, I mean, they didn't even get garbage time points. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that both Rice and North Texas are no good. Dude, they tried everything in their power to lose that. That game. was a gross game. It was so bad. It was very gross. Like, we joked about it being the sicko bowl, and it was almost too sick to watch. <laughs> it was gross. Very gross. And then, and, and so, and so yeah, I, I think that we know, Texas A&M didn't play. We're pretty good. We're pretty sure Texas A&M is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Although they're, I don't know. I still have some questions just basically because of the, the quarterback consistency issue. But yeah. we're pre- obviously, they are pretty darn good. They're, they're nationally ranked, and for good reason. That is, to me... This is the first time that we've been able to say a lot of these things like clearly and with when feeling good about mm-hmm. it. That's thought number two. Thought number three, do or die. I went through last night and I count up, and this was thanks, we had a couple of additions from our friend Tony Blaylock and Brandon McAuliffe to this, but I counted up a grand total of 27 UIL Texas High School football games this weekend. That are no lie, no frills, straight up playoff games. Okay, mm-hmm. the in the sense that there's no tiebreakers needed. The winner goes to the goes to the playoffs. The loser goes home. Is out. We've got 27 of them. Okay, some of them are ones that you probably that that maybe are flying under your radar. Uh, the Colony and Frisco Reedy is a, is a win and end game. Comfort and Luling, right? Coppell and Flower Mound is a win and end game, yeah. right? A lot of them the six man ranks too. Um, there's two districts, by the way, the ones that I missed uh, that that Brandon and, and and Tony brought to me. Those are ones where there are two of them in the same district. District three, two A, Division two. Mm-hmm. Stanford and Haskell and Anson and Colorado City are both straight up playoff games. That's wild. In the same district. <laughs> same thing goes with I would need to look up what district this is in. Colmes, Neal, and Cushing and West Sabine and and Mount Enterprise. Okay. Four teams, two playoff spots. Those are like those are play-in games. Right. That's what they are. And so for many teams, for these, I guess what, 26 times 2, 52 game t- teams, mm-hmm. the playoffs start this week. Yeah. Like it's do or die. The great thing we love about Texas high school football playoffs is it is it is finite, mm-hmm. and it is it is you either perform or you go home. Yeah, there's no r- room for error for almost every team that starts next week. For these teams, it starts this this week, and that's what makes this week particularly interesting. Those are three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers, a helmet sticker to Bruni, quarterback and defensive back Albert Esquivel. Okay, we're talking 2A here. And he put on an absolute show in this one. Uh, Bruni, uh, Bruni quarterback and defensive back, Albert Esquivel, 12 carries, 135 yards, two touchdowns rushing, 47 passing, ta- uh, passing yards, 10 tackles, and an interception. A little bit of everything for Albert Esquivel. A helmet sticker How to about Texas Southern quarterback, Andrew 
body. Have you been? Have you seen what they've been doing? Oh yeah. Yeah, um, they put an Andrew body. <laughs> they put it. Yeah, that's they put that's an it. Andrew body, and 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 suddenly they're winning games. They beat up on Arkansas Pine Bluff, fifty nine to four, fifty nine seventeen. Remember, coming into the season, they had not won a game since two thousand and eighteen on the field. Yeah, and now and our, they're three and five. Our Corpus Christi King got let loose. And he was spectacular. I want to make sure I pull up, give, him, give him his individual due. He goes 16 of 25, 271 yards, and four touchdowns passing. He also ran for 121 yards and a score. If he Andrew can body. keep doing this, they're going to build a statue. <laughs> He's oh, got plenty of years Tony, left. He is like single-handedly reviving that program. Yeah. And a helmet sticker to post running back and linebacker Stephen Huff. We haven't talked a ton about post. It's been a tough year mm-hmm. for the for the bold gold, but big game for, for Stephen Huff. 27 carries, 333 yards, five touchdowns on the ground, four tackles, and six pass breakups. Great game for Stephen Huff there at post. Three teams to watch. Dripping Springs. How about that? It was that? a battle of unbeatens between them and Buta Johnson. And we were wondering, all right, what exactly is this team is this uh, is, is going to shake out here? And Dripping Springs goes out there, and they did the thing where they were just like, "What if we just score every time?" Yeah. Um, the offense wouldn't it fantastic. be a shame if? <laughs> and we and we talked about this on scoreboard. If that defense is going to play like that, because that's a good Buta Johnson offense. Yeah. They held the seven points. If that, and I believe it was in garbage time, basically. Mm-hmm. If that defense is going to play like that. You know, we were talking about five A Division One, that right side of the bracket. Oh yeah, there's your clear-cut favorite. Maybe they are. Their defense can play like that. It's impressive. Incarnate Word, Incarnate Word got a good win over Houston Baptist, and by the way, comes word from Matt Brown, um, a reporter Matt Brown, who says that they are, that on Tuesday the South or the WAC is going to vote to add Incarnate Word and McNeese State. So keep an eye on Incarnate Word, not only what they're doing on the field, but also potentially what's going on off the field. And finally, Odom. Odom beats Hebronville to finish 10-0. There's a number of these teams. In fact, uh, there were... Let me see if I can find the thing. I, I, I did a tweet um, about this. Uh, but there are, I believe, only a handful of teams that are right now undefeated. The whole thing, yeah. At the moment, there are seven. Seven teams in all of Texas football who are 10-0 and done and got the week 11 by. Edinburgh Vela, Franklin, Odom, Jonesboro, Hermley, Episcopal School of Dallas, and Waco Live Oak. Mm-hmm. That's the list. Seven of them. Odom, keep an eye on those house. Three to see. Three games this week. We got Lake Travis and Westlake finally. Yeah. We finally decided to dial that one up. Um, it is a, a huge game. It's a game that means everything and nothing. Yeah. It's a huge rivalry game. These two teams have been, they've, they've been they're all pent up. They're all anxious oh, yeah. to get up and, and, and beat each other up. And I mean, we saw it at, at State Seven on Seven. I was six and say you could see the energy flow in there. Of, Ooh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little energy there. That said, there's nothing on the line except for a district championship. I mean, no. except for a district championship. Uh, but no. like, um, they are. I can guarantee you, the bragging rights almost mean more to those <laughs> teams yeah, than <laughs> no playoff implications in this game. Mm-hmm. But because they're going to different brackets, but certainly a lot on the line there. Lake Travis and Westlake. The big game of the week is UTSA and UTEP. Poor UTEP. Man, I, I they was almost so hoping that we could rally to get College Game Day to go there. Instead, do you see where they're going? They're in Cincinnati. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, if they're And it lined up so perfectly on a week where they were probably going to drop down and do more of a G5 type of thing anyway. It's like, oh, man. Anyway, it's still a huge game out there in El it Paso. Is. UTSA yeah. and UTEP. I think, our, for, I think Craven will be out there. Yeah. For likely, likely the Conference USA West crown. Yep. 
likely. And finally, Holly and Forsan, another battle of unbeatens that may be off your radar, but this game is really interesting going on down there at Buffalo Stadium. Really excited to see what Forsan can do against literally, literally the best defense in the state mm-hmm. in Holly. Be a lot of fun. Those are three to see. That's Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with Ozarka is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The team selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 10 Ozarka Fueled by Nature Teams of the Week in 6A. <laughs> San Antonio Johnson. You got anything to say about them? That game was such a banger. We had so much fun. <laughs> The, ja- the Jaguars overcame a 17-point second-half deficit to force overtime, then came up with a big defensive stop to seal a wild 46-43 win over San Antonio Reagan, moving to 9-0 and for the first time in program history and clinching just the second district title in their program's history. In 5A, Corpus Christi Flower Bluff facing an off against state-ranked and unbeaten Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. The Hornets took fl- took the fight to the Eagles, stymieing their high-flying attack and surging to a thir- 39-7 upset victory to clinch a playoff spot. In 4A, Fort Stockton. In a critical District 2-4A Division I showdown, the Panthers got a big game from quarterback Dominic Aguilar and running back Isaiah Garcia, and the defense held off a late rally to take down Big Spring 29-28 and clinch at least a share of the district title. In 3A, Tulia, Trayvon McCaslin threw five touchdown passes to pace the Hornets to a 54-35 upset over state-ranked Canadian, handing the Wildcats their first district loss since October 21st, 2012. In 2A, Rock Springs, in a wild affair that f- included eight, 981 yards total offense and no punts, the Angoras rushing attack won out for a 60-53 to win over Miles. In 1A, Bowie Goldberg, in a de facto 10-1A Division II title game, the Bears started fast and never looked back, surging past Fannindel for a 51-6 Mercy Rule win to capture the district crown. In the private school ranks, San Antonio, Texas Military Institute. The Panthers polished off a perfect regular season at 9-0 with an emphatic 34-7 win over Austin St. Dominic Savio, marking the first undefeated regular season in program history. Congratulations to TMI. Those are your Week 10 Ozarka Fueled by Nature Teams of the Week. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in the head coach of the playoff-bound Prosper Eagles. We are joined by Coach Brandon Schmidt here. Coach, how are you? What'd you do with your phone, Pickle? Coach, do you read me? Hey, Coach. Hey, Coach. We're going to call him back and try him again. Trying to get Brandon Schmidt of Prosper on the phone. Uh Uh-oh, is your phone acting up? Oh, no. Anyway, we're trying to get Brandon Schmidt on the phone. That was one of those games, the the Prosper and Allen game, that I we kind of kept an eye on, but it also felt like it was going to follow the same script that it had in the past couple of weeks. 
or past couple of years rather, which was that they were going to play him close and then Allen was going to pull it out at the end. But instead, they were able to get it done. We're now joined by the head coach of the Prosper Eagles, Coach Brandon Schmidt. Coach, how are you? Uh, doing great today. How's your weekend been? Uh, you know what? It's been a it's been a pretty good weekend. A uh, big win on Friday night, and then uh, just game planning to play McKinney Boyd on Friday night. I want to ask you a little bit about uh, that game on on Friday night. You know, this was a this was a team in in Allen that you guys took to the wire last year, um, and and very nearly knocked them off. Uh, you know, in in in, in a real heartbreaking fashion. Um, coming into this game, uh, what was your message to your guys that was able to get you guys over the top? It's going good, guys. I think they were playing. Do they play music in the hallways, like during passing period? Coach, you got me. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I want to ask you a little bit about what your message to your guys was going out there, taking on a team that you guys came so close to knocking off last year that, that was able to get you guys over the top this year. Uh, you know, really just playing within ourselves, going out and executing, uh, execute the game plan, uh, do a good job of, uh, you know, just fundamentals, tackling on defense and uh, try to establish a run game on offense, and just the, the little small details that we talk about and work every day in practice. You know, you mentioned the defense. Um, you know, this was an Allen team that had really been humming offensively. Um, what, especially on the defensive side, what was working for you guys that was able to get you guys uh, to this victory? Yeah, you know, going into the game, uh, primary goal was just to stop the run game. And uh, with the exception of a few long runs that they had, I thought we did a really good job of that. Uh, forced them to throw the ball to beat us, and, and they made some big plays in the passing game. But uh, fortunately, defensively, we were ma- uh, able to make enough plays to, to get the win. This is also a critical game for you guys as far as the playoffs was concerned. You, you guys were, you know, you were on that cusp. You were, you were, you were trying to, to find a way to, to get into the playoffs. Um was that something you guys were talking about? Were you talking about the stakes uh, in the locker room, or was this guys? We just got to go out there. We got to we got to win this this game and, and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, you know, really, it's uh, the same message every week. One and zero every week, uh, regardless of who the opponent is. And you know, I think everybody knew what the playoff implications were, and, and we needed to get another win. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it was just go out there and try to play our best game of the year so far, and uh, and see what happens. Talking with Brandon Schmidt, the head coach of the Prosper Eagles, here on Texas Football today. We can involve the conversation hashtag TF today, Coach. I want to I want to uh, single out one of your players, which is your quarterback Harrison Rosar, who I thought was was really sharp and and really um, a, a real gutty game. That, that he played out there, you know, 335 yards, three touchdowns uh, on the on the play. I, I we watched the highlights on 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 high school scoreboard live and, and saw the the plays. We, we've seen the numbers he's put up, but you're the guy who sees him every day in practice. What is it about your quarterback that that sets him apart? Uh, you know, number one, he's, he's got some talent. Uh, he's, he's an athletic quarterback. He runs the ball relatively well. He's got a really live arm. Um, and, you know, really for him, just watching him grow and mature through the course of this season, we kind of had uh, some turnover issues that we had to work through earlier this season. And, and he comes to work every day in practice to improve. And uh, you're seeing that the last few weeks. And hopefully he can continue to do that moving forward. Coach, you've been you've been there now. I believe this is, is this season number seven or six. This is uh, season six as the head coach. Season six as the head coach. I- I'm interested, you know, probably. Prosper is obviously a growing area. Uh, that's an understatement of the century. Uh, you guys are you guys are growing out there. I'm interested, maybe what you know about the job now, uh, and what you know about the, the the program now that that you didn't know when when you when you arrived. 
uh, you know, really just how much the growth would impact mm-hmm. us. Um, you know, you can't really, um, you know, the growth is great and we get move-ins all the time and you don't really know how the pieces are always going to fit. So just the, the constant shuffling of bodies and, you know, who's going to be here and, uh, you know, just areas that need to be, to be addressed. It's a, it's a constant, uh, moving around of pieces. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's 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 remarkable. The gr- I, I remember covering a game, not to date myself. I remember covering a game and and at the old Prosper Stadium, and <laughs> yeah. the difference between that and what you guys have now is is kind of shocking. Uh, it's it's night and day. Uh, it is night and day. Our old stadium seats, uh, I don't know, three thousand, thirty five hundred, and uh, the new stadium that we have is twelve thousand. And uh, it's really just a testament to the uh, support that we have from our community and our administration for for athletics and extracurricular activities. Uh, it's it's on to the next one though, coach. And you guys on Friday night uh, take on McKinney Boyd in in a, a game that you know teams that a team that's that's very hot. And and what's what I think is interesting is that. Uh, not a ton of playoff implications on the line, but obviously you want to finish strong. Um, I'm interested, you know, what, I don't want to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you're up against with the Broncos on Friday night, what do you see? Uh, they are a really good football team. Uh, they are, uh, they are, have a ton of seniors on their team. They do a great job on defense. Uh, they do a great job managing the game on offense. Uh, they're seven and two right now. Really good football team. Really well coached. Coach McBride does a phenomenal job. Um, you know, for us, it's what it is every week. If we can, uh, you know, I think right now we're having a lot of success in the passing game. And if we can be um, even a little bit consistent in the run game, I think it really helps us out uh, offensively and then defensively. It's, it's what we always say. We got to stop the run he's brandon schmidt he's the head coach of those prosper eagles follow him on twitter at that eagle coach which is just exceptional uh <laughs> coach, coach appreciate your time congratulations again on the big win on friday night and uh best luck against mckinney boyd absolutely thanks for having me there you go brandon schmidt head coach of the prosper eagles kind of shook up the state sent shockwaves through the state by knocking off allen and ending their 72 game district winning streak that was the second longest active district winning streak uh only behind uh alito who of course has won a million and a half games in, in a row mm-hmm. if you're interested now and because we also lost you meant you mentioned the the canadian canadian hadn't lost a game in, in district since 2012 yeah. now because and and so it's it's what a what a strange year it's been because allen's district w- uh winning streak goes down mm-hmm Argyle's district winning streak goes down when they lost to Melissa, mm-hmm. right? So now the newest, let me make sure I'm not talking out of my rear end here. The new, um, no, that's wrong too. Cisco's went down when they lost to Coleman. Yep, and then now Canadians went down. Yeah, so now the new. This probably se- would have been like the fifth in line heading into this year. Yeah, in fact, it was. Um, it was, uh, they were uh, number five, and now they are number two at. 61 in a row, West Orange Stark. How about that? West Orange Stark um, has the has the second longest, uh, followed by Newton, who is at 60. Wow. So there you go. It's like 102 for Alito, and then 61 for West Orange Stark and 60 for Newton. So uh, there's a bit of a gap Lop is what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate Brandon Schmidt joining us here. Fighting through some technical issues, but appreciate his time. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle Dave Campbell's Texas Football in conjunction with the Texas Bowl is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most serving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday, 
TextFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your Week 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Katie Cinco Ranch quarterback Gavin Rutherford threw for 423 yards and six touchdowns passing and also ran for a touchdown. Frisco Liberty quarterback Keldrick Luster, 430 yards and six touchdowns passing, 214 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Lord. It's like the ninth time he's been nominated. Yeah. Mount Vernon running back McKenzie McGill, 30 carries, 329 yards, three touchdowns rushing, plus another 24 yards receiving for the unbeaten Mount Vernon Purple Tigers. Mainer running back Quentin Joyner, 25 carries, 306 yards, and six touchdowns on the ground. Corpus Christi Miller wide receiver Lonnie Akism is another name we've mentioned before. 12 catches, 252 yards, and two touchdowns receiving for Lonnie Akism. Pilot Point wide receiver Aiden Cox, 11 catches, 310 yards, four touchdowns receiving. Andy returned a punt for a touchdown. Light work. Crowley running back Duante Blake, 31 carries, 301 yards, three touchdowns rushing, and another 25 receiving yards. Van quarterback Jackson Rainey maybe had the stat of the weekend. Mm -hmm. 17 of 18. Okay. 301 yards and five touchdowns passing. 220 yards and three touchdowns rushing. So that is a cool 521 yards and eight touchdowns on 17 of 18 passing, too. Lord. Tulia quarterback Trayvon McCaslin, 378 yards and five touchdowns passing, 124 yards and a touchdown rushing. These numbers are silly. And finally, Seymour quarterback Braden Lloyd, 540 yards and six touchdowns passing. Cool. So those are your Week 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. I think their arms are sore after that. I would guess just so. A, just a nice 540 yards of passing. That's that's that seems like you you probably need to maybe ice it just a hair. Say, do the, you know? Yeah, do the do the thing where you got like the, the big, wrap, the big over, yep. like the big oversized thing of ice. That'd be good. <laughs> Pickle Dave Campbell's Texas football is ready to unveil its Week 11 statewide Texas high school football rankings for the 2021 season. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. DCTF has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019. Weekly rankings are revealed live on TexasFootball.com and can be found at TexasFootball.com slash rankings. It's time to roll out the week uh, 11. 11. Yeah, we have to think ahead go. now. <laughs> um, the week 11 rankings. Uh, let's take a look first and foremost at Class 6A. Class 6A, uh, a little bit of shifting sands here. Let's talk a little bit about who is gone from the rankings. Mm-hmm. Let me pull up my little spreadsheet and I can tell you we can find this out together. Um, Umbla Tascacita drops from number 5 to number 11 with their loss to Galena Park North Shore. North Shore is up a spot to number 7. Everyone kind of nudges up a spot there. Rockwell Heath now into the top 5, believe it or not. Uh, rather remarkable rise uh, for them. Uh, out Dropping out of the rankings, uh, Louisville, who lost to Flower Marcus. Mount Marcus in the Battle of the Axe. They drop out of the rankings. Allen drops from number 10 to number 19 with their loss to Prosper. Back into the rankings, number 25, Katie Tompkins, rejoins the rankings after a one-week stint out of the rankings, one or two-week stint out of the rankings. They're in at 8-1. and one. Top five now, Austin Westlake, Katie, Southlake Carroll, Duncanville, and Rockwall Heath. Let's go to 5A, Pickle. In the 5A Division I rankings, another big shakeup here. And we got a lot to lot to, to sort through, okay? So 
So here's who's gone. Frisco, uh, rather, uh, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial drops out with their loss to Corpus Christi uh, vet, uh, Flower Bluff. Fla Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. They were number six. Longview was number nine. They are out with their loss to McKinney North. So here's what we got. Frisco Lone Star, with their win over the Colony, vaults from number five, eight to number five. Collierville Heritage nudges up a spot with a win over Burleson Centennial. Uh, Dripping Springs, big mover. They move from number seven up to number ten. Katie Pato, with their loss to Manville, drops from number five to number nine. Manville rejoins the rankings at number eight with their win over Katie Pato. And new to the rankings at nine and zero, oh, Magnolia West into the rankings at number ten. They are nine and zero oh with a thirty-one twenty-four win over New Caney. Top five uh, is now now reads Denton Ryan College Station Highland Park, uh, Amarillo Tascosa and Frisco Lone Star. We get number one versus number five this week. We also get number two versus number ten this week. It'll be a lot of fun. Five A Division two behaved much better. Everyone was a winner. Top ten unchanged. Top five Alito, Lovejoy, Fort Penn Marshall, NS, and Lubbock Cooper. To four A we go. In the 4A Division I ranks, uh, we did lose number 10, uh, Viter, who lost their first uh, game of the year. They drop out of the rankings. To, uh, the rest of the top 10 remains unchanged, but new to the rankings. Back into the rankings of number 10, Lindale, who beat Palestine 55-23. We get number 6 versus number 10, Kilgore versus Lindale this week. That will be a lot of fun. 4A Division II now. A little bit of movement here because we wanted to make a little bit of room for some teams. Uh, Van lose. Uh, Van beats Canton, but they beat them fifty-five to fifty-four. I'm we're getting a little bit nervous about Van. We dropped them from number seven to number ten because of some impressive wins in front of them. Smithville, uh, Quero beat Smithville. That moves them up from number eight to number seven. Uh, also up a spot, Sinton, who beat Rio Hondo, and Wimberley, who won a strange non-district game. They nudge ahead of Van to number nine. Top five, though, unchanged. Carthage, Gilmore, Salina, West Orange Stark, and China Spring. To 3A we go, Pickle, where 3A Division One got a little bit of a makeover as well. Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt Industrial was the number five team in the state. They are out with their loss to Edna. Uh... Also dropping Hallettsville, the number three team in the state, drops to number eight with their loss to Columbus. Columbus moves from number 10 to number six with their win. Um, elsewhere, uh, Mount Vernon nudges up a spot to number three. West moves up two spots from number six to number four with their win over Grandview. Lorena moves up three spots with their win over Caldwell. They are now number five in the state. Uh, Tatum up two spots with their win over White Oak. New to the rankings, number nine, Edna. They finished the regular season eight and two with a win over Vanderbilt Industrial. They go from unranked to number nine. And hanging on at number 10 in the rankings is the Grandview Zebras. Loser, they lose to West 28-20. We keep them in at number 10, dropping from number seven. From 3A Division two we go, where the big change comes at the bottom of the rankings, where Canadian is out of the rankings. Who'd have thought? With their loss to Tulia, they drop out... Uh, as a result, Abernathy nudges up a spot to number nine. And new to the rankings, number 10, 10-0, and 0, Odom Owls. Hoot, hoot, into the rankings at number 10. Top five remains unchanged. Franklin, Gunner, Childress, Holiday, and West Rusk. To 2A we go. Where? I hope you like chalk. This is a bad week to be waiting for a spot to open up in 2A Division One. Yeah. Uh, everyone was a winner, and everyone was an emphatic winner. Top five remains unchanged for Furio, Shiner, Timpson, Crawford, and Hawley. We now get uh, number five, Hawley, taking on number 10, Forsan this week. That'll Ooh. be a lot of fun. 
Tour Division 2 now, also unchanged. No movement here. 9-0 and with uh, one Wellington idle. Uh, everyone remains unchanged. Top 5 remains unchanged. Mart, Munster, Winthorpe, Albany, and Stratford. To the six-man ranks we go. 1A Division 1. We did have some movement at the bottom of the rankings. That's because Hermley took down Ira to finish 10-0 for the first time since the 70s. Wow. They move up to number 9. Ira drops out of the rankings. We open up a spot for number 10 Westbrook. And you're probably thinking... Five and four. Their record has been ridiculous. They also have a win straight up over Sterling City. That resume is good enough to vault them back into the top ten. Top five remains unchanged. May, Jonesboro, Abbott, Water Valley, and Rankin. 1A Division 2, chalk. Everyone was a winner. Balmeray won by forfeit over Dell City. Same with Klondike over Wilson. Uh, top five remains unchanged. Motley, Motley County, Strawn, uh, Richland Springs, Balmeray, and Follett. This is a massive week of games. We get we get number one Motley County against number seven Jayton. We also get Strawn against eight and one rival mm -hmm. Gordon. That'll be a lot of fun in the six-man ranks. In the private school ranks... Dallas Parish Episcopal wins the big showdown over Fort Nolan in emphatic fashion, 63-35. to They remain number two behind Austin Regents. Uh, Houston Second Baptist remains the same at number three. Episcopal School of Dallas finishes the regular season undefeated at 10-0. They move up to from number five to number four. Fort Nolan drops out of the rankings, and in their place at number five, San Antonio Cornerstone, who beat Nike Dallas FC 14-7. And the private school six-man ranks unchanged. Top five remains the same. Waco, Live Oak, Marble Falls, Faith, Bulverde, Bracken, Christian, Austin, Veritas, and Texas School for the Deaf. All winners. You can find all these rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. And if you have any complaints, it's at Ashley underscore Pickle 12 on Twitter. Um, no. Also, just a quick thing. They did finish the, the Dallas, uh, the Episcopal School of Dallas did finish with 10-0, but they do play this Saturday. They're not off. Uh, they play Saturday yes, at two yes. in the SPC 4A championship game. Yes. So they're done. They're in the playoffs. But yes, they but they do play. SPC starting the playoffs a week a yeah. week earlier than everybody. So yes. I think just earlier we had said that they were off this yeah. week. So just kind of going back yes, on that. To be clear, they fin they finished the regular season. <laughs> they are done. Yes. Uh, yeah. And by the way, we will have one more round of rankings next week. We have our mm -hmm. final uh, our final uh, post regular season rankings, and then we're done. We don't do rankings. So one more time, we do rankings in the playoffs because why? Yeah, <laughs> teams aren't playing after exactly. that. You know. So anyway, uh, we'll have one more round of rankings next week. And now a word from our friends at From Now On. From Now On is a proud sponsor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and your school's one-stop shop for community connection. Simplify your athletic communications with From Now On. Their FanX platform gives schools at all levels of the game a one-stop shop mobile experience that makes driving communication, creating engagement, and generating revenue easy. From Now On helps connect your school community with everything they need to win on game day. Schedules, streams, digital tickets, real-time notifications, and more. Learn more by visiting their website at from-now-on.com or follow them on Twitter or Instagram at fromnowonexp. Okie dokie, Pickle. Let's talk about the breaking news that came down yesterday. It was a trick-or-treat news dump. Yeah. Everybody was either gearing up to go trick-or-treating or gearing up to watch the Cowboys game. And TCU said, yeah, that feels like a good time. TCU. <laughs> um, so the official word on what happened at, gear, at, at TCU is that um, – School officials at TCU asked Gary Patterson to finish the season. 
and but it, they were going to do basically like an Ed Orgeron thing, right. which is we want you to finish the season um, out and then you're gone. Right. Then you're out. Um, and instead, uh, he said, "Nah, I'm done right now." So uh, Patterson, who um, Patterson will be replaced, uh, Gary Patterson, I guess you should say from the outside, Gary Patterson is out at TCU. Um, Jerry Kill will be the the former Minnesota coach will be the uh, interim Get head him. coach for the yeah. remainder of the season. TCU lost on um, Saturday in Manhattan in a bit of an ugly game, thirty-one to twelve to Kansas State, um, and they dropped to three and five. They've still got Baylor. They've still got Oklahoma State, and they've still got Iowa State. They've got a brutal schedule. Their chances, and they have a game against Kansas. Their chances, I think, I would, I would rate their chances with even with Gary Patterson at the helm of making a bowl as uh, slim and slimming. Yes. And so let's talk first and foremost about about the legacy of Gary Patterson. Um, Gary Patterson was the second longest tenured coach in college football across the nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, only behind Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. And Gary Patterson is, uh, I mean, he's the winningest coach in, in uh, I think it goes without saying that he's the winningest coach in, in TCU history. Um, he built that program. He absolutely, um, he absolutely uh, did. Uh, he's 181 and 79 uh, since he took over in 2000, and he like the, every story, unfortunately, with college football for the most part mm-hmm. for coaches ends with ends with a, a thud. Yep. Very few coaches go out on their own terms and right. go out on the highs. Um, there's already a statue of Gary Patterson at TCU, and I think that's telling because he deserves it. Oh, absolutely. He's a guy who turned, who not only turned TCU into a power in mm-hmm. college football, a perennial team that you think about there, took him to a Rose Bowl. But I think the most underappreciated thing about what Gary Patterson did uh, at, at, um, at TCU is that he navigated with them perhaps the most tumultuous time in their history, okay? I want you to consider this, okay? Gary Patterson, his first year, when he took over technically as the interim coach, do you know what conference they were in? Mm-mm. They were in the WAC. Mm-hmm. The next year, they moved to Conference USA. Yep. Four years later, they moved to the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Seven years later, I think it was, they moved to the Big 12. Yeah, 2011. This is a guy who helped to navigate TCU from functionally from the like being left out of the Big 12 whenever the Big whenever the Southwest Conference broke up. Yes. To getting them back to the national stage. Mm-hmm. And he did that by winning. He did that by winning and kind of creating this mythos around TCU about what they did well mm-hmm. how they were able to go and win go to the Fiesta Bowl go to the go win the stinking Rose Bowl go win a stinking Peach Bowl right um the way that they were able to do that and it's kind of like it's it's almost like it's almost like he was the first to do it right he was the guy who looked around and said all right we're here in Texas but we ain't going to compete recruiting-wise with Texas. We're not going to recruit, re- compete recruiting-wise no. with A&M. It's and a by small the way, private school. And by the way, we're not going to compete with Oklahoma. We're not going to compete with all these te- all these Raiders that come in and take, take Texas. So what we have to do is we have to find the gems. 
we have to find the diamonds in the rough mm-hmm. and turn them into um, and turn them into stars. Right. And that's what he did, most especially on the defensive side. That's not to say that they haven't been able to get great players. They certainly have. But the way that he was able to build TCU was by going to small towns and and finding guys that were a little bit undervalued. That he could develop. Bring them in, develop, developing them into monsters, and letting them go. Okay? Um, there, and there's a lot to be said about that. I think a perfect example, um, and this is going to sound a little bit crazy because of what he does now, but I want you to go back, and I want you to think, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about this. I want you to think about Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Okay? Andy Dalton was a good quarterback. Yeah. On a pro-style offense at Katy, mm-hmm. that plain and simple, that was a team that ran the ball. Now they threw the ball a decent amount with, when they had Andy Dalton, but right. but functionally, Gary Joseph do what Gary Joseph do. Mm-hmm. They're going to run the ball. They run a pro-style offense. He was a three-star prospect coming out of Katy. Okay, he was ranked 707th nationally, as far as uh, players are concerned in that in that class of 2006. Okay, and all that guy did was help guide TCU to a Rose Bowl mm-hmm. and help get them to heights. That is, to me, the legacy of, of Gary Patterson, is doing more with less. Right. And that's what he did. And now they have an opportunity to do more with more because of what Gary he Patterson did. helped to well, build. Well, and that's the other thing, too, when you're taking it, when you take a step back and look at this from not just a football perspective, but had he not had the success that he had and was able to kind of lead that entire TCU athletic department to the Big 12 stage, that helped literally every other sport that is involved. We kind of talked about that with Commerce moving up to D1. Like, this is big for the football program, but it's really, really big for all all of the rest 100%. of the Title IX sports that they have. And so he took that, not just the football program and made something out of it, he legitimately raised that entire he, athletic department. He raised the profile of TCU, the university. university. Yep. And and that shouldn't be uh, that shouldn't be understated. Um, Gary Patterson could be kind of prickly. I think he rubbed some people the wrong way because mm-hmm. he, he's, a, he's a strong personality. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that he does things. Um. And in the end, what ended up doing him in was that his his calling card was always an elite defense. They were in that four two five defense, yep. which was always just extremely difficult to, to to play against. And in the end, I think it was twofold. One, I think that that style kind of went out of vogue. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like that his style of defense, like the Big 12 kind of caught up to him defensively. When you do it for 20 years, it's easy yeah. for people to kind of start putting their finger on what you're going to do. And and they were, they were, they were, you know, I think you look at the numbers this year, their, their defense is just plain not good. Just not good. Um, and of course, the past couple of years have been pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And so the legacy of Gary Patterson, I think, needs to be one, like an ultimately positive one. And I think that you're seeing that mm-hmm. from, from people. Okay. So now comes the big question, which is what comes next? What comes next? And um, look, this is it's strange because TCU like they haven't had to make a hire in 20 years. No. This is so this is so much like it, at least in my lifetime when Mac Brown was let go from Texas. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 have the respect, you do this and then it's like, okay, hang on. Now we got to think about a whole new look here too. Like what are we going to do? Yeah. What do we How do you go about this? <laughs> now, and look, I, I do think like the the word around coaching circles is that this is a really good job. 
Yes. This is a really good job. The facilities are good. Mm-hmm. That The facilities are great. And and part of it is because Gary Patterson has been there for so long, I think there's a sense that they're going to let you cook. They're mm-hmm. going to let you do your thing. It's not a you have exactly three years and you exactly. win the championship or you don't. Right. You know? And so this is, needless to say, an extremely important higher mm-hmm. and especially when you talk about in many respects the same things that we were talking about with texas tech coming open mm-hmm. which is the big 12 their landscape is shifting yes and texas and OU you are leaving cincinnati ohio or uh, cincinnati yes say is in ohio dumb dumb cincinnati <laughs> houston byu and ucf are joining the conference yes there is a vacuum at the top for who wants to be the top dog and TCU is, among many other teams, going to be vying to, to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And this hire is going to be extremely important. At TexasFootball.com, Mike Craven, our college football insider, lays out five candidates he thinks for the job. Here are some names that you're going to hear a lot. Okay, You're going to hear the name Sonny Dykes a lot. Mm-hmm. Sonny Dykes, of course, is the coach at SMU. Before he was the coach at SMU, he was an analyst at TCU. Mm-hmm. He has some history there. And he, he doesn't have to move. He obviously <laughs> has to move across town. He obviously knows the landscape of DFW recruiting. Yep. Right? He knows that landscape. He understands it. It would be, I mean, let's just be real about it. The American Athletic Conference is not going to be as strong as it was. Mm-mm. The Big 12 is going to be stronger than the American Athletic Conference. I think it's fair to say that that would represent a move up to what uh, from SMU to TCU. Um, that is a name certainly to keep an eye on. He certainly has success. Uh, we'll see there. And, and he's, uh, you know, he knows the area. And yeah, I think that that's something certainly to keep an eye on. Another thing to keep in mind, by the way, about this is that because TCU is a private school, there is a large assumption they got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were paying Gary Patterson six plus million dollars a year. So another name you're going to hear a lot about is Justin Fuente. Now, Justin Fuente may be a name that, that is off your, your, your board, right? Um, Justin Fuente was an assistant during those kind of glory days of Gary Patterson when they were winning Rose Bowls and stuff like that. Um, he was co-offensive coordinator uh, for that Rose Bowl team. Um, that success, that really served as the jumping off point for him. He became, Justin Fuente at TCU became the real hot assistant. He goes from there to Memphis, and Memphis goes nuts. They win a conference title. They are they they do they they get um you know a, a bull win you know bull win blah blah blah. Then he goes and becomes the head coach of Virginia Tech. Now he's been the head coach of Virginia Tech since 2016. Now let's talk about this. This would be in my mind. They have kind of at Virginia Tech my. My, from what I understand, and I'm, I don't have my finger on the pulse of what's going on for the Hokies, but they have kind of soured on Justin Fuente, that they are a little bit tired of him, and that he hasn't achieved at the success that they were hoping for. He's 42 and 30 there. This would, to me, if you were to tell me what that would look like, that would be like when Dana Holgerson came to Houston, mm-hmm. where West Virginia. I think. I think what I think Dana Holgerson was done with West Virginia. I think West Virginia was done with Dana Holgerson. They kind of said, "You mind if I?" Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. See you. Yeah. Cool. That's great, man. Hey. Good luck. All the Have best. Fun. Blah yep. blah blah. It would look like something like that. So Justin Fuente's name to keep an eye on. 
Another name that he lists is Billy Napier. Billy Napier is the head coach at, at Louisiana. Billy Napier has been linked to every job that's come open in the last three years because he's had it's a great just job. Figuring out yeah, which one that is, is him. that is the, Billy Napier is presently, aside from the guy we're about to mention, the hot G five head coach that is going to get mentioned every time a job comes up. Mm-hmm. So that's something to consider. There's two other names that are local that I want that I want to talk about. One of them is Jeff Trailer. Mm-hmm. Jeff Trailer, as you know, is the head coach of UTSA. As you know, things are going good at UTSA. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's going to get lost in the in in the wash here of this news cycle is literally hours before TCU announces that Gary Patterson. Is yeah, out. like two hours, legitimately. UTSA announces a ten-year contract extension for Jeff Trailer. Ten years, now worth twenty-eight million dollars. Uh, not per year, obviously, uh, but uh, it equals out to be about two point seven yeah. a year, two point three right. before added bonuses. Right, and here's the thing: he's going to go to. Let's just say it averages out ten years, twenty-eight million dollars. It averages out to two point eight million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that puts him on par with guys like Shane Beamer, who's the head coach at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right, that puts him on uh, Luke Fickle. Right. Mm-hmm. At, at Cincinnati. Um, David Cutcliffe at Duke. Uh, Sonny Dykes at SMU is making $3 million, right? Mm-hmm. Things like that. That's a big investment. That's a big, big investment. Mm-hmm. It is especially big because do you know what his salary was before he got that extension? His salary, eight, do you know what his salary? 860 maybe. His salary last week? Yeah. $800,000. Yeah. He just got a $2 million a year raise. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, Coaches' contracts in college football mean functionally nothing. They mean functionally nothing. It's the buyout. Okay, it's the buyout. That is T- that is UTSA protecting themselves because if and if they did Jeff Trailer were to leave, <laughs> TCU would owe them a significant chunk of change. Mm-hmm. That is what would really be the the buyout would be around seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. Okay. The other question, the other question would be for Jeff Trailer does like does he want this job? Now right. I think that there's going to be a notion that of course he does, right? TCU is a hot job and UTSA is, you know, God bless them, they're having a great year. But what does you we're about to find out really and truly what Jeff Trailer wants, like personally in his life. Because here's the thing, he is now financially secure at UTSA. And he could probably coach at UTSA until he's in the grave if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. This coach. And I think that that what UTSA did signaled to him that they're serious about right. about football, serious about becoming a super serious G five program. Will he leave? I don't know. I think that my initial reaction to my my initial gut reaction when I saw that that extension because he's of course been linked to Texas Tech. My initial reaction was. Um, that means he's not going to go to Tech. That, TCU might be a different story, though. Right. Because TCU is a different job. Mm-hmm. TCU, I mean, I, I don't mean to say this. Uh, I, I, I hope Red Raider fans don't take this as offensive. TCU is a better job than Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. You can win bigger at TCU. They have won bigger at TCU. Mm-hmm. You're in a major metro area. There's a lot of advantages there. The other job, the other guy I want to mention is Joey McGuire. Mm-hmm. Joe McGuire is the associate head coach at Baylor. Joe McGuire, if you are a Texas high school football wonk, you will remember from his days being the very successful head coach mm-hmm. at 
um, Cedar Hill. at Cedar Hill. Three-time state champion. He he leaves to go take on a job on Matt Rule's staff at Baylor. Mm-hmm. He's been there ever since. Um, I was going to say, he was kind of, wasn't he like player personnel basically, and then yes. now, he, now he's now a natural assistant field. coach. And he's, yeah. a, he's the associate head coach. coach so he yeah. is second in command behind Dave Aranda. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know for a fact he has been linked to other jobs. Yep. I know that for a fact. I also know for a fact that um, he is considered a rising star in the coaching community. Yes. Um, here's a guy in many respects. I think Joey McGuire is the guy that everyone thought Jeff Trailer, like whenever they hired him, they were like, "This is he's following that blueprint, yep. following that model of like culture super successful, super successful high school football coach, mm-hmm. culture builder." Um. Paid his dues in the college ranks. Yeah, and will hire great assistants. Earned the respect in the college ranks, but his connection to high school football coaches will be a boon for whoever hires him as a head coach. Mm-hmm. That he gets it. Okay? Um, he has deep, deep, deep ties to the Texas high school football coaching community. This, in many respects, is kind of like Jeff Trailer before Jeff Trailer got his job. Yes. Right? That is, in many respects, what's going on here. Um... Where are they going to go? I don't know. I know that this is this is this is going to be the biggest, you know, obviously a significant hire for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think that they're probably going to call Jeff Trailer and make him say no, and we're mm-hmm. going to find out a lot about it. Right at that point, I do wonder if they call Joey McGuire. I also think Justin Fuente is really in play. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, that's my read on the situation. It's obviously huge news. Mm-hmm. Gary Patterson was such an icon there that it's not going to be. It's going to be hard to follow for anybody, right? You know and I, mean? I think that this this hire and the tech hire. You talked about it a little bit earlier. How it has big implications, obviously, for both of these schools with the conference realignment. But I think it has even bigger things for the conference that they're hoping that both of these teams make the right hire here, because then you start going if. Both of these teams don't necessarily make a successful hire. Mm-hmm. They should be the top dogs in the Big 12. Then that just keeps dropping the level of the Big 12, and you're you're risking contract uh, TV contract deals at that point. Like this has the both of these hires have enough ripple effect to take down the entire Big 12 if they don't go right. You cannot stub your toe on this one. No, you got you got to connect on both of these. And so, and and the other thing that's interesting is look. Let's be honest. These two, TCU and Tech, and Tech, are both fighting over a lot of the same guys. Yep. We'll find out a lot about it. It's a, it's obviously huge news. Uh, Gary Patterson out at TCU. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, two things here. Do you happen to have the that Seymour quarterback yeah. that was on Mr. Texas Football? Braden you, Braden Lloyd. Yeah. Will you read his stat line one more time? Five hundred and forty yards and six touchdowns passing. Um. That so. He's was uh, this. He's a freshman, and that was his first start. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's according to Matt Stepp. He said Seymour quarterback was a freshman in his first start. So, um, seems good. I'm gonna be wow. honest. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a professional football analyst. That seems good. Yeah. Uh, so just wanted to point that out because when yeah. he said that, I was like, we got to go back and read that stat line again. That's that's even more insane than we yes. thought that it was. Five hundred forty uh, and six touchdowns. Yeah, for a freshman in his first start in sure. week ten. Wow. Week 10. Okay. Good on you. Um, the last one was there was a question in regards to Halloween. What kind of candy did you give out, or I guess technically put yeah. in your bowl? So I'm, I'm, yeah. We put out, um, we got like the big chocolate mix. Okay. So we had it was like 
Twix. It was like Kit Kat. I'm it sure was the Hershey Reese's, bar. It was yeah. Hershey bar. Okay, so it chocolate. Was, yeah, pack. that what, that grab bag thing. Yeah. Oh you know yeah. What I mean, um, yeah. I'm 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 of the belief. I'm of the belief that I'm gonna be the one to give out chocolate. And if yeah. like chocolate's not your thing, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But like we're a chocolate household. That's fair. We're a chocolate household. I don't want to give out. I don't. This is a thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like things sticking to my teeth. Okay. That's yeah. So weird, not big caramel fan. I don't like caramel. I don't like. I don't like Starburst all that much. Okay. Like I don't like the. Um, I don't like you know. I I don't want. Yeah, like, like the milk dud yeah. syndrome. No, God, yeah. Oh God, no. Yeah. That's fair. Um, um, yeah, Hank. Hank was like, because Hank, we don't eat a lot of candy in our household. Mm-hmm. We're not like, you know, super serious about it, but it's like, you know, we just don't. Yeah. Um, and so Hank, of course, has this big bucket of candy and he like starts picking. I was like, oh, I want this. And he holds up like whoppers. And I'm like, dude, I trust you. Uh, trust me. You don't want that. that? <laughs> okay. There's some trash in here. A little bit of trash. I was like, what you want is that. You that. See, the, see the orange thing? Uh-huh. R-E-E-S-E. Yes. Yes. That's what you want. Um, that's fair. And that's the other thing too, I feel like with the chocolate pack, Halloween, like the weather's nice and this is like your one time that you can hand out chocolate that like yes. it's not gonna you don't have to worry about it getting melted or yeah. anything like, like that's a big play in like the summer when say you're going to the pool or something like that, like you can go get a candy bar and it's like you don't want chocolate because it's just going to melt everywhere. I think my goal next year I'm gonna say it on the air so that I can I can just be that guy. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say it on the air, put it on wax. Okay. Next year, I want to be full full size candy bar guy. Oh shit! Shoot! Oops! It's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending <laughs> a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebookcom Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagramcom Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Prosper Coach Brandon Schmidt for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.